You are listening to episode two of the Travel Snacks podcast, a podcast about eating, dating, travel tips, and living a nomadic lifestyle. I'm Allison Sharp, your snacking host. In today's episode, I'll be talking about being hit by a bus, a dessert made with squash, and why Pizza Hut can suck it, all from lovely Lima, Peru. This has been such a wonderful experience. I didn't know this, but it's such a weird thing when I was researching for Lima is that Lima is known as one of the the food capitals of the entire world, not just like South America, but of the world. I didn't even have any idea that Lima had such amazing food. So coming into it, I was like, I had some high expectations and so far it has not disappointed. And so we'll talk about that in just a second. So um, in Lima, I'm staying in a place called Miraflores, Miraflores, and it's incredible. It's overlooking the ocean and so it's really beautiful and so the airbnb that i got is a two bedroom two bath apartment it's on the ninth floor and it it's overlooking the ocean it's got a really beautiful view and what's really cool is i've never experienced this before is that the elevator opens right into the apartment i just felt so i felt so high class coming into that apartment and the apartment itself is nice, but it's a little dirty. I think they could definitely get some deep cleaning going on in there, but it's it's fine. It's nice. But it was only like $46 a night because I'm splitting it with someone else. So what, like that's like 90 bucks a night. I think it's really a good price, especially for the view and the location because it's in walking distance to a lot of different areas in Lima. So um, it's been really great. And so I definitely recommend staying in this area because it's a very safe area. As I mentioned, Lima has had some incredible food. So you know what time it is. One of the things I also was not aware of is how prevalent Italian food and Chinese food is in not only Lima, but in South America in general. One of the places that I've gone to more than once is called Donatello's. It's in uh, Miraflores and it serves wonderful Italian food. And so I definitely recommend that place. Um, I'll be leaving all the restaurant recommendations in the show notes on my website, which is travelsnackspodcast.com. So you can check that over if you're ever in Lima. Uh, you'll be able to go to some of these restaurants. But I definitely recommend Donatello. They have an amazing selection of Italian food. Um, I've had some ravioli. I've had some gnocchi. I've had some salmon pasta, which that's probably been my favorite. Also, I'm not even kidding. They had some of the best garlic bread I ever had. And it came out looking so basic. Like, it was just some, like, French bread. with just, like, looks like basic old bread, like garlic bread. But no. It was like they rubbed fresh garlic on there, butter and just good herbs and stuff. And it's so good. Like I, I don't even, I just can't even tell you. It was just so delicious. Um, it was just like the right consistency. Like it was kind of softish in the middle, but like crispy on the outside. Ooh, it was so good. So I definitely recommend the Italian food there. And it's like the thing with Lima with their food, it's just regular food, but it's just like always just a touch something extra in the food that makes it great um, and that's the best way that I can explain it is just there's just a little something extra in it that's just makes it wonderful 
another place that I would recommend going is Kennedy Park, and it is named after JFK um, from the United States. It's Kennedy Park, and it's also known as Cat Park, I think, um, because they have a bunch of cats just roaming around this park. And from what I understand, basically, um, when they built this park, they had a bunch of like pigeons, which is super gross. And so they brought in some cats to like get rid of the pigeon problem, which I think is pretty cool. And so now there's just a bunch of cats. And these cats, they, they live there and they run the place. You walk around and these cats don't even move out, move out of your way. They just lay around looking all comfy and cozy and they don't even care. You can walk right up to them and they'll just like look at you, blink their little eyes at you like, what, what do you want? And they don't even care what you have to say or anything. So there's just a bunch of cats just all over the place. But when you're in Kennedy Park, there's a little stand, just like a little, it looks like a popcorn cart, but it's, it's not. It's actually something called Picarones. And the cart is, cart name is Picarones Mary, um, which is my mom's name. So shout out to my mom. Love you, mom. Um, so Picarones Mary. And there are these, like, they look like onion rings, but they're fried dough. They are made with, like, um, sweet potatoes and I think squash or something crazy like that, which sounds kind of weird, but they fry these up in, like, little rings. And then they put it in a little plastic container and then they pour syrup over it and the syrup is more like molasses based syrup so they pour it over there and so you have a little bit more to like dip the picaronis into and they are really good so the first time I had them it was it was good I was like wow I've never had this this is like a new flavor I've never really experienced before and it was really good and then a few days later I was like I am super craving these picaronis so we walked back over the park and I got another one and they give you like, I think four or six in a little container and I ate almost all of them and I was super full and I kind of like ruined my dinner because they were so good that I ate like all of them. And so then I wasn't even hungry. So that kind of ruined it, but it was fine because I'm probably not going to ever have these anywhere else. And so I really wanted to have that. So I would definitely recommend getting those. Um, or if you are in another area and you, there's a Peruvian restaurant you could go see if they have something like that. Another thing is when you are in Peru and you go to a Peruvian restaurant, they always serve Peruvian nuts and they remind me of corn nuts. They're really good, but they're not as hard as corn nuts. They're a little bit, they're crunchy, but they're a little bit softer. They don't break your teeth like corn nuts do. Um, so you always get those. That's like kind of like the same as like getting chips and salsa at a Mexican food restaurant. Um, they just bring out these little nuts and they're really good to snack on. They're salty and they taste really good. So definitely check that out. And you can definitely get um, Peruvian nuts in different locations, um, especially if you go to a Peruvian restaurant um, anywhere, pretty much, I think. And now a snack break. Oh, hello there. This is the portion of the podcast where I like to recognize our sponsors. And guess what? The sponsor of the day, it's me, Allison from the Travel Snacks podcast. Yeah, this podcast is new, so I don't have any sponsors yet. But guess what? You can be my first sponsor. If you think your product or service goes well with traveling, snacks, or anything like that, send an email to snack at travelsnackspodcast.com. And for all my listeners out there, just know that I will only work with sponsors that I truly believe in, that I've used the service or product, or just generally they're a good company. So if you'd like to support the show, consider being a sponsor. And now, back to the show. One experience that I wanted to talk about that was not pleasant was my experience in Peru with Pizza Hut. 
So let me just tell you that my friend and I, who I'm traveling with, we had walked around a bunch that day. So we were really tired. We just wanted to go up to the apartment, kick off our shoes, take off our bras, get in our pajamas and just chill and just like order pizza and not have to go back out. So what we did, we looked online and we found Papa John's, which I love Papa John's. So we should have went with Papa John's, but Papa John's low key, you're too expensive. Like you need to come down on your prices, even though your pizza's super awesome. Papa John's, you need to just come down a little bit. So we were like, ah, oh, we don't want to really pay that much for Papa John's. So let's just go with Pizza Hut. We, we saw one when we were walking. And so we knew that there was one kind of nearby. So we ordered Pizza Hut online, got a confirmation that the pizza was going to be there in like 30 minutes. And we got like this um, like amazing deal. It was going to be like $20 for like two pizzas, some wings or some, oh no, it was like ham and cheese roll-ups. And um, I think it was some cinnamon dots or whatever. And so it was a really good deal. So we were like super looking forward to it. We ordered it. We Then since we were on the ninth floor, we went back downstairs and waited down there in the lobby. And we waited and we waited and we waited like 30 minutes 40 minutes went by, 50 minutes went by. We're like, these people aren't going to show up. We're not going to get our pizza. And so we waited an hour outside downstairs and nobody came. So we looked on the email confirmation and there was no store listed. So this pizza order just went like into just the cloud or wherever. It was just somewhere, but it definitely wasn't in Pizza Hut. So we basically sat down there for nothing. And so by this time it was like nine o'clock. We were starving and so we were like man this this sucks so we had to go just get our shoes on and get back into our regular clothes and so we had to walk like further down to pizza hut and when we got there this pizza hut was like a full-on restaurant and it was kind of nice i mean for being like a pizza hut and so we went in there they had like menus and glasses and so I'm not even a drinker, but they had sangria and I was already irritated. So I had a glass of sangria and it was really good. That's like the only good thing I can say about this Pizza Hut experience was that the sangria was good. And um, other than that, so we ordered a medium pizza, a quesadilla, which is really odd for Pizza Hut, and the sangria. And let me just tell you, this quesadilla had like ham and it was like ham and cheese and like bacon maybe and it just did not taste good it was a weird flavor it wasn't very good and then they brought this pizza i looked at that pizza and i was like are you kidding that's a, like a personal pan it was like a, the smallest pizza ever and we were already hungry so we were super annoyed because we not only waited for an hour got stood up by our pizza delivery person then we get there and we get this tiny little pizza and this kind of gross quesadilla and then the bill was like just as much if not more than what we were going to pay for our amazing deal of delivery so pizza hut you can suck it i am not happy about that and so since then we have a bad taste in our mouth for pizza hut so i don't know my moral to that story is don't get pizza hut when you're traveling in other countries because it's probably not going to get delivered as I mentioned before, you can find the restaurant recommendations in the show notes on my website, travelsnackspodcast.com. And also, I'm going to be posting a lot of pictures and videos from um, my travels on my website as well, so you can check that out as well. Each podcast, I want to talk about um, my experiences as I'm traveling. So some of these will be funny, some of these will be crazy, and some of these will be things you should look out for. 
The first one I want to talk about is that I almost died by getting hit by a bus. So let me warn you ahead of time. When you go to Peru, there's all these buses just all around everywhere. And people are packed into these buses, like packed, standing up, like on top of each other. There's small buses, there's big buses. And so we were waiting on the corner. And this was like a roundabout. So the road was in a circle. And so I was standing on the like the corner, but there was these two like giant speed bumps, like made of concrete. And when I say speed bumps, that's not even the appropriate word, but they were like big, like giant, like concrete lumps that you should not drive over. So I was standing in between two of those thinking, okay, I'm safe in between these two giant concrete things because they're concrete and nobody's going to drive in here. And I should have thought differently because I was standing in between those and a bus came by and the front part of the bus went by me and it started to get closer. And then my friend, she noticed that the bus was getting closer at the same time. I noticed it was getting closer. And at the same time, I leaped back and she also grabbed me and pulled me back. That back of that bus would have hit me and I would have probably died in Peru if I wouldn't have like just noticed that the bus was getting closer. So they don't really care. The driving there is crazy. In the whole Lima for a whole week, I only saw two stop signs ever anywhere. And they just fend for themselves. So their driving is crazy. They just get in where they fit in. So even the buses, they are just really aggressive drivers and they just don't even care. So would you go anywhere in Peru, just make sure that you stand way back so that you don't get crushed by a bus. Another thing is that when you're staying in certain areas, if you're a beach lover or an ocean lover, try to find a location with an ocean view. It's worth it. And the prices aren't very expensive because it's like you wake up every morning, you can look out over the ocean. And when you go to Lima or Miraflores, there's different areas that you can stay in. And I think this was the best area. There was another one, um, another area called Larcamar. And that was also an equally nice area. Um, and both of them are in walking distance to a bunch of things. So I recommend either of those neighborhoods. Um, we also went to another area called Barranco. And that's more, I don't know, like more cultural. There's like a lot of little shops and uh, different things that you can look at there. But I don't know that I would feel 100% safe there because it was kind of grimy. There was um, a lot of little shops and restaurants, but we noticed that it was more for like the bar scene. So if you're into like clubbing or drinking or bars and stuff like that or like really awesome nightlife then I'd recommend maybe going over there but maybe not staying like at a hotel or Airbnb I can't really recommend one way or another because we did not stay in that area but we did visit it and it was cool because there was a lot of cool street art over there but in terms of like staying there I don't know that I'd feel safe also a lot of people warned us besides Miraflores and Larcamar to not really stay anywhere else because it's very dangerous like a lot of our Uber drivers would warn us and tell us don't don't go to other areas because what they do is they will like if you're um, in a taxi or an Uber or even if you rented a car and you're at a stop sign which again I didn't see very many but even if you're like a stoplight or stop sign or like a an area where you have a stop people will come to your either side of your windows so you can't really move and then they'll like just reach into the window and just grab your phone or grab your bag. And there's really nothing you can do about it because there's more than one person, more than one thief or criminal. And they'll just take your stuff. 
And so you definitely don't want to be in those areas because there's a lot of poverty and they are trying to make money any old way they can. And so definitely stay out of the rougher areas. And this is not a time to be like, oh, I can just make it and I'll just go wherever and like live like a local. I don't think so. I don't think that that's a smart idea. I think if you want to do that, then you should go on a tour with some locals or um, go on like um, an excursion that has an like it has a portion where you can like see certain areas but I wouldn't recommend staying there because you don't live there and so you shouldn't be like too cocky to be like I'm just going to go wherever I want so definitely stay in the safer areas another thing that's super prevalent in Miraflores is honking every car is just honking all the time and specifically every taxi is honking all the time and at first we were like why is everybody honking all the time well what we realized is because there's no stop signs people are trying to just like kind of caution people that hey i'm coming around the corner or i'm going i'm not going to stop here i'm going to make this turn so there's always like this these little tiny honks everywhere everywhere just people are like okay i'm going to turn here so honk and then for taxis you could just be walking along the road and a taxi will honk at you you it's not even that you're waving them down they're just going to honk at you to like get your attention to ask you if you want to ride. I'm thinking like, obviously I know how to wave down a taxi, so you don't have to honk at me, but they just do. They just honk at every person that walks by. And so that was really kind of annoying because it's just constant noise all the time, even at night. And so even though we were on the ninth floor, we would hear honking just all night. And also there was a lot of car alarms that went off. So I don't know, there was just a really loud city and we were not in like a bustling area where there was nightlife. We were in a pretty quiet location next to the ocean, but there was just a lot of traffic noise downstairs. So definitely bring your earplugs when you go. Um, I bought a like a packet of um, Max earplugs, the highest NRR rating, which is like 32, I think. And NRR, it's I think it's noise reduction rate or I don't know, but basically it's the amount of decibels that it's going to reduce the sound by. So think that was the highest one and it worked pretty well and I'm a really light sleeper so um for me to be able to use earplugs and it worked well I think that's a good way to go and so that way you can stay in some areas that might be a little more loud but you can stay in a nice area um the other thing that I noticed is that there's a lot of social aspect to Peru there's people in just like these amphitheaters where they would just sit around and there was no show going on there was no like event they would just sit around talking and just having a nice time with their family and friends and there was a lot of parks there there were parks where people were just active they were out there playing with their kids kids were running around like outside playing ball um, playing tag riding their bikes people were outside doing yoga kids were outside painting like there was this this little section of the playground where they had this these easels set up with uh, just little pieces of paper where kids can just paint and I thought that was really awesome because I don't know like in the United States or namely California we don't see a lot of that social aspect of just family and friends it's mostly like people will get together for brunch or something like that but I don't really see people just going around with their families just and I'm just I'm not talking about on weekends I'm talking about during the week you know people will be just out there just hanging out for like hours and I think that's a really great thing that we're kind of missing from the States. 
the last thing I want to talk about in um, just some of my experiences is that we wanted to try out one of the um, nice restaurants that was recommended to us called Central. And this is a restaurant that um, is that serves like a eight to 12 course meal. And it's really luxurious. This restaurant is in like the top 50 restaurants in the world or something like that. So we were like, this is an experience that we're probably never going to have. So we should try to get in. And the the reservations list is really long. So we had to get on a wait list. So we couldn't get through on their website. And so we just went down there. It's in the, the city of Barranco, which I talked about earlier. So we took uh, Uber down there and we just talked to the, the host and we said, we, we only have a couple days here. We're wondering if we can get in. So he was able to fit us in on a Wednesday afternoon for lunchtime. So we were like, all right, that should be okay. But on their website or on a lot of, not their website, but a lot of other forums, it talked about the price being maybe like 135 US dollars. And for me, I'm super frugal. So that's already high for me to be paying for like a lunch or a dinner. So I was like, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm only going to be here once. So let me just do this. But when we got there, we asked just to confirm the price and it was going to be like 180 US dollars. I'm like, you know what? I'm out because that's like a plane ticket or like half my car payment or something crazy like that. And to me, you know, I love food. I'm all about food. But at the same time, I'm just kind of like $200. I mean, and like the pictures on that website looked cool, but it didn't look $200 cool. So I told my friend, I was like, you can go if you want to, but you can cancel me out for that reservation because I'm just like not into that, spending that much money. So we went up, went ahead and canceled the reservation. So we didn't get to experience that, but I'm sure we'll have other good experiences. And like I mentioned before, the food in Peru, just everywhere was really good. So um, even like the sushi there, we, we went to this place called Ido Sushi and it was awesome. I mean, it was like we got some garlic edamame, this really great um, sushi rolls, and these awesome like sushi tacos. They were they were just really good. Like for me, I was thinking, man, like two hundred bucks, I could get like, you know, five good meals for two hundred dollars. So that's what we ended up doing. We ended up eating a lot of great food in a lot of different places. So that's my tip: is to just spread spread the love over different restaurants and get a good variety. So on every podcast, I like to do a segment called Food for Thought, and this is where I talk about tips for traveling in general. So this week, I want to talk about your mobile phone and traveling uh, wherever you're going to go and using your phone. So when I went to Europe, I had never really had to use my phone anywhere else The first time I went to Europe was last year in April. I went with another friend and at that time I had decided to go ahead and use my Verizon phone and Verizon, you can totally suck it with your pricing. I'm just going to tell you, they charge $10 a day to use data, to use your regular data. And I'm like 10 bucks a day. I'm going to be gone for like a month. That's like $300. So So no, but this first trip that I went, I was only gone for like a week and a half. So I was like, all right, so I'll use the Verizon $10 a day packet and I'll just keep my phone on on airplane mode and just use Wi-Fi wherever I can. But that was really limiting. And there was times where it was kind of urgent to have data. Like when you were at the airport or at the train station, they did have Wi-Fi, but it was choppy. And there was times it just did not work. And so you had to, you know, use your data because you had to 
maybe get in touch with your Airbnb host to let them know when you're going to arrive or you had to call for a taxi or something like that. So there was times where it just was not ideal and then I would be charged $10 a day. That was the first time I ever went to Europe in my whole life um, in 2018. It was only for like a week and a half and that's what I chose to do with my phone. So I paid the $10 a day and on the days I didn't use it, I just used Wi-Fi. So when I had decided to take my next European journey, also last year, um, which I started in August, I was like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to do that because I need access to my phone, especially traveling alone. So what I decided to do after much research is just get SIM cards wherever I went. SIM cards are the little tiny, tiny, tiny little card that you put in your phone um, and it allows you to use your phone in whatever country you're in. So what I decided to do is once I got to Italy, I would just I just bought their SIM card and it was cheap. It was like $35 for the whole month and you got like, I don't know, 15 gigs of data, which is a lot, but it's not that much because um, I also work when I'm traveling. And so there was times where I would have to tether my phone to my computer so that I could work and 15 gigs went by in two weeks for me. And so I had to go back out and try to find a store that had the SIM cards and go get another SIM card. And it was just kind of hectic. Um, and then once I left Italy, I was in other countries. So I went from Italy to Ireland to Budapest to uh, Czech Republic and then France. And so wherever I went, I had to kind of figure out how I was going to get another SIM card. And it's kind of stressful because you know, at times you don't have access to your phone and you need your phone to get directions to find the place where you can buy the SIM cards. So it really was not ideal. And so even though it it's kind of inexpensive, it's just maybe not the best choice. So this time around on this South American trip, I wanted to try something new and my friend, she got Google Fi. And Google Fi is a service that you can use kind of like Verizon, Sprint, T-Mobile, but it has a different element to it. So you can use data wherever you go without paying extra for it. And basically their service is T-Mobile. They're just disguised as Google Fi. So don't let them fool you. It's basically T-Mobile. With Google Fi, they want you to use their phones, which is a like Pixel 3 or a Pixel phone or something like that. And I have an iPhone. Well, luckily, they just went into beta with iPhone like right before this trip. And so I was like, you know what, I'll give it a try. So all I had to do was um, contact them, sign up, and they sent me a SIM card in the mail. So it was super convenient. I popped it in the night before I got on the plane. And so it's inexpensive too. It's I think it's like $10 a gig up to six gigs, and then it's unlimited after that. So basically, and then the, the fee itself is $20 a month. So you'll never spend more than $80 a month. However, once you get to 15 gigs, so even though they say unlimited, it's not really unlimited. Once you get to 15 gigs, they severely throttle your data. So that means that they slow down your data. So it's kind of like the phone's not going to work very well, like surfing the net or watching videos and stuff. So as long as you can keep it under 15 gigs, which most people can, um, then you're going to be fine. So it's a great solution. So I've been over here and I've been using the phone and it's, it's okay. It's not as good as Verizon service but it's sufficient. However, Google Fi, I'm super pissed off because before I left, I contacted their support two times to make sure that I could tether my 
phone to my computer in case of times when I couldn't get a good connection because again, I am working remotely. So I really do have to have a good connection. So I contacted them two times to make sure that I could tether my phone. And they were like, yeah, you can definitely tether your phone. And I explained to them that I'm going to be gone for three months or four months. And they're like, no problem. It's going to work. So I get all the way the F over here to Peru. And of course, in the first Airbnb, it's like the Wi-Fi is not that great. And so I was like, cool, I'll just tether my phone to my computer. I have data. It's not a problem. And the tethering wouldn't work. So I contact their support and they're like, yeah, tethering works in the United States, but it does not work anywhere internationally. I was like, listen, ho, I got to work. So you guys need to figure this out. And they're like, no, it's just not available. So of course I'm like going up the chain to the supervisor, the managers, and I'm like, then send me a Pixel 3 phone or whatever phone works with the tethering because I'm not going to be able to do this. And they just gave me a bunch of stock answers. So... I've just been basically out of luck and so I have to find areas that have strong Wi-Fi. So that's been the downfall of Google Fi. I'd say if you don't really need to tether your phone to your computer, then Google Fi will be fine even if you have an iPhone. It's sufficient, I will say. It's not the greatest service, but it will get you around. Um, but if you are the kind of person like me that works and you need to have a connection at all times, then maybe it's not the best thing. So I don't know. But I will say that I guess at, at the end of the day, if it was between Google Fi not being able to tether and using SIM cards, I think I would still use Google Fi because trying to find SIM cards and paying and just like different currencies and everything, it's just that was a kind of a big hassle. So I guess all in all, Google Fi, whatever. I think that's the best solution for now. And hopefully... They'll come out of beta soon on iPhones and they'll be able to tether. So that's my food for thought. So hopefully that helps. That's it for today's episode. So until next time, bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Travel Snacks podcast. Please subscribe and review the podcast on iTunes. Follow me on Instagram at Travel Snacks Podcast and send a message by email to snack at travelsnackspodcast.com.